0: Good morning, class. Good morning. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where our spirit is fed, our faith grows stronger, and we learn how to be overcomers. There's a good life that God has called us to, a life of victory, a life of uh, successes and blessings, and being a witness, you know, it's not how defeated and broke we are that draws people to God. The Bible said the goodness of the Lord draws men and women to repentance and change. Uh, Jesus is the good shepherd and the condition of the flock is a direct reflection on the shepherd. When we're defeated and our needs are not met and we're losing battle after battle uh, and we're miserable and depressed and, broken, and we uh, uh, then we tell everybody all our problems, then we say, and don't you want to come be a Christian too? They think, no, they don't. They don't want that. They, they, if you're not born again, you already have a cruel taskmaster who steals, kills, and destroys. You, you don't, you're looking for something else. You're looking for victory. But old oh, friend, when we have uh, answers to prayer, when uh, our children are healed, when other things are going under, but the Lord sustains our businesses and we even have to open other branches and and people begin to ask, how do you do it? How do do you do it? And we say, I I know somebody. Hallelujah. And uh, you introduce them to the one who can change everything. So come on in. We saved you a seat. Let's pray and let's believe that Uh, Things we haven't seen that we'll see. Things that we had seen, but we let get away. The Lord will remind us and we'll not just be uh, hearers only, just note takers, but we'll be doers and see a real manifestation of God in our life. Father, we all, the faith school class around the world, we agree together as touching these things, asking you for the anointing, for utterance, for quickening of spirits, minds, uh, souls, bodies, uh, filling and, and restoring of hearts and minds. Exactly what we need right now. We ask for it. We say, move, Lord, by your Holy Spirit and the work of your holy angels and the manifesting of your holy word. It is written that you sent your word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Let your word uh, prosperously go uh, in this place and from this place in many directions and be a quickening word, a healing word, a saving word, a delivering word, a restoring word. We ask for it. We know it's your will. We decree and say it will be thus and so in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Turn with me, please, in the great textbook, Hebrews chapter 10. Again, verse 38, studying about by faith. Hebrews 10.38 says, Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back my soul, I have no pleasure in him. We are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. The Bible said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, by their faith, the elders obtained a good report. Other translations say they they were approved by God, they were commended by Him, that God personally bore testimony to their faith. And we see that in verse 4. We see it again in verse 39, that all the ones he described in chapter 11 obtained a good report through faith. God testified to their faith. Verse 3, it says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed. Uh, You know, um, many years ago, Uh, When some of these things were written, people wouldn't have even known about other worlds. Uh, There were all kinds of ideas about what the stars were, much less uh, worlds uh, in in rotation around them. But all of the worlds were framed by the Word of God. The psalmist said he, He spoke, He commanded, and it was done. They were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Didn't say he made it all out of nothing. He made it out of things, but they're things you can't see. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaks. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony, that he pleased God." Oh friend, when you please God, amazing things can happen. When your faith pleases God, amazing things transpire. And that's one of the the reasons he's pleased, is that he was able to do these wonderful things in your life, because you'd believe Him when other people won't. He goes on to say in verse six, but without faith, it is impossible to please Him. No way you can without faith. For he that comes to God must, it's not optional. If you're going to draw near to God, you have to believe. And you have to believe two main things. You've got to believe He is. You've got to believe He exists, that He's real. Of course, if you believe He's God, the Almighty Creator, you also believe He's all-knowing and all-powerful. But that's that's not uh, all that's required. If you're going to draw near to Him, uh, you must believe He exists, who and what He is, but you must believe something about His character, about what kind of being He is. Not only does he have all this power and knowledge and ability, but he wants to use it for you. (laughs) He wants to do things for you. He is a rewarder of those that seek him. The King James says diligently, but really uh, other translations just say those that seek him. It's not about our effort. It's just about a desire and a decision. You want to know him. So you look for him. You make an effort to reach out to him, and here's the good news. If you draw close to him, and you reach out to him, does anybody remember what James says? He will respond. He will reciprocate. He will draw near to you, and he will get close to you. Now, that's exactly what happened in verse 5 with Enoch. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. And uh, he was not found because God translated him. translation is, you might, we might call it teleportation in today's language. Because it's a moving of something from one place to the other without the conventional means of traveling <laughs> from point A to point B by whatever means of conveyance. And uh, it has to do with God who created all energy and matter being able to change uh, the two from matter to energy and energy to matter. He understands these things. He created them. And so it's not difficult for him to just have you disappear in this place and reappear over here. Now that sounds like you know like magic to people. It just sounds unfeasible, but those who study physics are even talking about this. That uh, you know, energy can become matter and solid and can come apart. And uh, it's the things that are made. You put your hand on this, it feels firm to the touch. But those who study these things know that it consists of atoms. And there's a lot of space here. And if I could adjust my atoms uh, in a different alignment with these atoms, my hand would go right through this. Uh, what, what fe- it feels solid because of the energy, the energy. And uh, God created all of this out of something you can't see. You can't see. I heard somebody talking the other day about, they said, most of the universe is made up of this dark matter, this dark energy, this dark, what is it? What is it? Well, <laughs> that's what we're reading about in the scripture. It's not nothing. There's something that what people are saying, there's something there. You just can't see it. You, you better believe it. There's something there. <laughs> and even though it's not seen, doesn't mean it's not real. Now, we studied in Genesis, the fifth chapter, I want you to go there again, Genesis 5, about what happened to Enoch, about how uh, his faith caused him to be translated. The Bible said in, in Hebrews 11, it was his faith, by faith Enoch was translated. Now, we need to remind ourselves of that because the tendency is for folks to say, Oh, God just did that because he decided to. Well, that's not what it said. If the Lord had wanted to say that, don't you think he could have said that? He could say, I decided to translate him, so I translated him. He could have said that. It's not what he said. What did he say? Enoch was translated by faith. Whose faith? Enoch's faith. Enoch's faith. Which answers the question, why weren't more people translated (laughs) during that time? Well, their faith wasn't like his. Why aren't more people translated now? Same answer. Why a lot of things haven't happened? Same answer. Uh, You know, people in Jesus' uh, earthly ministry, he looked at people and said, where's your faith? Why'd you doubt Oh, ye of little faith. Um, and he said, you know, all things are possible to him that believes. Jesus emphasized faith. He said, your faith has healed you. Your faith has saved you. Your faith has made you whole. He didn't emphasize the sovereignty of God in these matters. He, he didn't emphasize the power of God in these matters. Even though it was involved, he emphasized the individual's faith. And he, he remarked and wasn't pleased when there was a lack of faith. In other words, he's saying, why don't you believe? How long? You know, He, he said to one group of people, well, I put up with you. How long am I going to tolerate? Why, why don't you believe? Well, we don't want him saying that about us. We, we don't want him thinking that. Somebody say, I choose, I choose to believe. In fact, we need to be quick to believe, not slow to believe. And we, God gave us a, a mind. We should use it. But we should not be uh, analytical to the point of always questioning him in unbelief, refusing to believe. Uh, The attitude of, well, show me. Well, prove it to me. Convince me. You're trying to elevate your intellect to his. You're trying to say, if I can't understand what you're saying and doing, I don't accept it. Well, you know, there are a lot of things that... uh, Uh, A 90-year-old wise individual could tell a (laughs) two-year-old that they just don't understand, right? But if they'll grow up and develop, they'll understand. We're not talking about a 90-year-old and a two-year-old. The gap is much bigger, (laughs) much wider. And so uh, we need to, just to function and get close to Him, he that comes to God must believe He is. He is God. He knows it all. He can do it all. And he's not just all powerful and all knowing. He's a good God. He's a rewarder. He wants to tell you what he knows. He wants to do good things for you with all of his power. If you believe it, say amen. Amen. In Genesis 5, verse 22, we read about what happened to Enoch. Enoch walked with God. Other translations say he walked with God habitually. And some say he he, uh, lived in close fellowship with God. These are all just saying the same thing. After he begat Methuselah 300 years, walked with God for three centuries, times all these days of these years. So this didn't happen overnight that he was translated. Everybody say 300 years. Yes. <laughs> Morning, night, day after day, he walked with God. He communed with God. And over the course of this time, you know, though the, I believe over the first hundred years, he's closer to God than he was at the beginning of that hundred years. After 200 years, he knows God better. He's closer to God. After 300 years, he's closer to God. And at the end of 365 years, he's really close. <laughs> I mean, he and God, after 365 years, or excuse me, 300 years, I should say, because he you know, had to be born and grow up Actually, 65 was considered young and about marrying age. You know, 65. Anything prior to that is probably too young. But uh, (laughs) things have changed, haven't they? But uh, he began doing that, you know, at, at age 65 and for 300 years. And at the end of 300 years, he's so in tune with God and, and thinks enough like the father, uh, the father says, won't you just come on with me? Don't, don't go back today. You, you just go home with me. And the Bible said that, uh, verse 24, Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. One translation said he wasn't there. Another one said he disappeared. <laughs> Another one said he wasn't seen again. One said he couldn't be found. Why? Not because something happened to him on the earth that nobody could figure out. It said because God took him. God took him out of here. Hebrews said, uh, God calls it translation. Translation. He was uh, translated. If you want to say it this way, matter became energy. And was reassembled somewhere else, where with God, whoever he is. <laughs> a lot of things we don't understand here, but today's English version and the good news says it like this: verse twenty-two. Enoch lived in fellowship with God for three hundred years. Said it out loud, fellowshipping with God, Fellowshiping with God. for three hundred years. years. Some say a close fellowship one translation says close fellowship verse 23 he lived to be 365 years old verse 24 he spent his life in fellowship or close fellowship with god that's a phrase isn't it mm-hmm. he spent his life in close fellowship with god i want to say that again he spent his life in close fellowship with God. How many think that is the perfect idea for us, right? In our century, in our lifetime, there is nothing more important you can do. There's nothing more significant, more needful that you can do. And yet it's the thing the enemy will oppose you about every step of the way you set your mind that you're going to commune with God more and draw closer to Him, there will be 101 things come up Mm -hmm. that you need to do, you have to do, or you think is necessary and important. I heard an individual say one time who was a real man of God who would lived generations past in his writings. He's, He's made this statement. He said, I have so many things to do today. I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. (laughs) I have so many things to do today. He was saying, I shall, I need to spend the first three hours in prayer. Now see, that doesn't sound right to our mind because see, the flesh will tell you, I've got so much to do today. I don't have time Mm -hmm. to pray. I don't have time to pray. I know... uh, uh, one morning, this was back when I was attending Bible school. A friend of mine had—it was a Saturday. Uh, the, the day before had asked me to come help him work on a car, and uh, somebody else had asked about this. And, and it looked like my Saturday was really going to be packed and long and a lot to do. And I got up early that morning, and the Lord brought that to my mind. I have so much to do today. I was spending the first three hours in prayer and I realized the Lord's dealing with me. You need to to act on that. I'm not saying how many hours, but you need to act on that. So I did. I was ready to grab my coat and rush out the door, but I thought, "Mm, the Lord's dealing with me to do something different. So I, I just laid the coat down. I knelt down by the chair there and I started communing with the Father by faith. Just pushing other things out of my my thinking and talking to him and praying. Thank God for praying in the spirit because when you don't know what to pray for as you ought, the spirit can help you. And so I got to praying about that and several minutes passed and, and it's about an hour now. And I looked up and I thought, well, maybe, maybe I need to go. And, and the Lord prompted me, no, no, this do what I'm telling you. And so I just stayed there, wound up another hour and I thought, well, you know, man, I'm, I'm, I'm burning daylight here, you know. And, and so the Lord dealt with me, no, just, just stay right here and keep praying, keep waiting on me about it. And as I did this, it was about another half hour or so, I think. As I did this, I got answer after answer. And three of the things that I thought I was pushing to do, I saw I don't even need to do that. I don't need to do those things. And the other thing, uh, when I got through, I picked up the phone and called my friend about that car. He said, oh, it was nothing. It's already fixed. You don't even need to come. Okay. (laughs) And then somebody else called and they said, well, no, uh, that's not a deal either. That was taken care of by so-and-so. And And I realized I don't even need to leave the house. I just sat back down in my chair. Do you see what I'm talking about? I could have rushed out. And this has happened so many times. Wasted time, wasted gas and money and travel and, you know, sometimes wind up at the wrong intersection at the wrong time. Have an accident or an incident. Most people do far too little seeking God and praying and waiting on God. Uh, Most Christians don't commune with God in their daily walk. Many only think about him when they go to church on Sunday or during the service. and Praise God for a few minutes. He doesn't want just an hour or two on Sunday. (laughs) He wants that, but he wants to commune with you all the time. He, He wants to be in your consciousness and communing with you. The scripture said, trust in the Lord with all your heart, Lean not to your own understanding. It goes on to say, In all your ways acknowledge Him. Did you hear that phrase? Mm-hmm. In all your ways. How many? How many? All In all, all your ways acknowledge Him. What the rest of it say? And He shall direct your paths. Oh, friend. When the Lord's ordering your steps yes. and directing your paths, you know what that means? You're at the right place at the right time, all the time, if you're doing it all the time. Sadly, you know, my wife and I ministered to some people a while back, and, and uh, some, some uh, individuals were just at the wrong place at the wrong time and had their life snuffed out early. Now, thank God they're believers and they're with the Lord. But you know, the Lord never wants us at the wrong place at the wrong time. But is it all up to Him? that we're at the right place at the right time. It's not all up to Him. What did He say? In all your ways. Say it out loud. In all all my ways. What are you to do in in all your ways? Now, see that that morning I was talking about I took the time. I'm not saying I've always done that perfectly, but that day I, I took the time to acknowledge Him and put Him first. Ask Him what was on his mind, and just commune with him. And when he dealt with me, well, no, don't run off. Stay a little longer. I said, well, okay. (laughs) All right. And see, Enoch practiced that for 300 years. Glory to God. (laughs) He practiced that. Every day. Now, I know he had a life of other things that he was doing. I don't know exactly when he did it or how he did it, but there was a regular part of his life and way of living for him. He talked to God and he listened to God. And it's not that he's seeing all these things and feeling all these things because the Bible said he did it by faith. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. And so, when we take the time to acknowledge Him in everything, somebody say everything, in in all of our ways, Uh, the enemy, the Bible said, is like a roaring lion going about looking whom he can devour. He's always looking for a way to get to you, access. Access. You being somewhere you shouldn't be. you doing something you shouldn't do. You didn't listen to God. You didn't ask God. You yielded to your flesh. You, You let somebody else lead you. He's always looking for you to be in the wrong place at the wrong time where he can hurt you. Steal, kill, and destroy. But the thing that prevents that is us all the time checking, checking. Should I do that? Should I go there? Should I be a part of that? Should I? Should I? Shouldn't I? Not just deciding based on statistics or influences or people pulling on us, but acknowledging him. And he said, if we'd acknowledge him, what would he do? What would he do? He will direct our paths. The Bible said God didn't give us the spirit of fear to bondage again, but he gave us the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Father. And as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God, and he bears witness with our spirit that we're the sons of God, children of God. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If Enoch could commune with God under the old covenant, surely we can fellowship with God in this new and better living covenant. Hallelujah. Well, that's it for our time again today. It goes fast, doesn't it? What do we do? We live by faith. We walk by faith. We overcome this world by faith. We're strong in faith, giving glory to God. We'll see you next time in Faith School.